My name is Kevin Ward. I'm the program director of the Sports Animal Radio Network and ESPN in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm also the sports ministry deacon at the Park Church of Christ in Tulsa. I've been involved in radio sports for the better part of 30 years and have served as a deacon at the park for the past decade and at the Guthrie Church of Christ for many years before that. Suit Up has been prayed about for many, many years, and I believe it is inspired by the Spirit to tell faith stories from people involved in sports. I'm also thankful to the Park Church of Christ for believing in this ministry. Now let's get started and suit up. This podcast was recorded in November 2018. Well, my guest on this inaugural program of Suit Up is uh, someone that I met actually when he was in high school here in the state of Oklahoma. He was at Union High School and uh, left Union High School as a record-setting performer, went on to the University of Oklahoma, where he became a record-setter as well, and now actually, uh, at last count, and Tress Way, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, it looks to me like you are the all-time average uh, punter for the Washington Redskins. I, I sure am, man. I, well done on the stats there. I'm pretty impressed. I'm, I tell you what, anytime I speak somewhere from now on, I'm just going to bring you and you can intro me like that. <laughs> hey, I'd be happy to do it. Now, now listen, there, <laughs> there, there is one small detail here. You don't, you don't own the, uh, the best average ever for a kicker with the Redskins. Now, this guy didn't qualify, and I'm, this is tongue-in-cheek, but apparently some cat named Jim Cunningham back in the early 60s punted one time for, <laughs> for, for 46 yards. Okay. All right, fair <laughs> so, enough. I got, some, I got some work to do. I can, I can get above 46 <laughs> by the end of my career. So he's bested you by .2 yards uh, uh, with the one kick that he had. So listen, as I mentioned in the intro, that uh, we're really going to delve into faith talk here. But I, I do want to start and, and remind folks of where you did come from here. And one of the reasons why you're on this program is that you kick for the Washington Redskins, and, and indeed you are uh, the leading punter uh, of all time uh, with the Redskins. Now you're into your, uh, are you into your fourth season? Man, this is my fifth, believe it or not. Fifth season with the Redskins? Yes, yes okay. fifth season. Okay, well, and, and I say that because I know that you spent a year with the Bears, or at least one year you were you you had some dealings with the bears and i want to get into that here in a little bit but let's let's go back even further to college you kicked at the university of oklahoma did you have other choices and what were those other choices yeah so actually believe it or not my my first uh, first opportunity to to play collegiate sports was uh, my junior year uh, i'd actually gotten offered by san diego state to play baseball uh, and then that summer, uh, a few months later, I was out kicking in Las Vegas and this massive uh, kicking combine and came across their special teams coach. And they actually wanted me to come out and play a little bit of both out there. And my mom said, if I go out to Southern California, she'd be afraid that I'd never come back. I would just stick out there in the good weather. And uh, I wasn't looking to go that far from home. And then the one that was really tough was uh, my first collegiate offer was from the University of Tulsa, and being a Tulsa kid, uh, my dad and I, we would always go to all the games. Uh, believe it or not, I actually remember my dad surprising me and taking me down to Norman when uh, Tulsa was playing against the Sooners, and uh, I was just starting to focus on kicking a lot, and I said, Dad, how cool would it be if I continue to work hard and 
you know, maybe I'll get to play for for the Golden Hurricane, and I'll uh, I'll play I'll get to play against OU twice in my career, and and little did I know that good Lord has some different plans. And uh, uh, shortly after I got an offer from the University of Tulsa, I uh, got a phone call from Coach Stoops, and uh, that was uh, <laughs> I could have committed on the spot, but. I think mom and dad raised me right. I said, Coach, I'll tell you what, I'll call you back in a week, and I'll never forget the conversation because he was laughing on the phone, and I think he could tell that, you know, he had just kind of made my day there. I was like, I tried to play it off cool, like, Coach, yeah, I'd like to talk to my family, and I'll give you an answer in a week or so. And uh, that was the longest week of my life. I wanted to call him about every minute of every day. And uh, so that's really all it was. It was San Diego State for playing two sports and then Tulsa. And then once the Sooners came a call, and it didn't take much time to, to commit to that one. Well, you set the career record at OU, averaging 44 yards a punt from 2009 to 2012, and you also hold the record for best average in a game. That was a 58.8 average on six kicks against Oklahoma State back in 2006, so a couple of punting records held at the University of Oklahoma. And that's a, that's a fun story that not a lot of people know is right around that time whenever I was first coming out of high school that's when TiVo came out when you could record TV and when Coach Stoops told me that my dad and I we would record the NFL games and we would watch NFL punters uh, because all I did was kick field goals I mean we'd never talked my dad punted in high school uh, but he just figured, you know, the at, at playing at Rogers, I'd have to bring a little bit of a higher level playing for the Sooners than him putting for Rogers back in the day. So uh, I uh, we we TiVo'd them and, and did a bunch of scouting. And uh, there for a while, coach had me penciled in as the deep field goal guy with some uh, doing some kickoffs, and I did a lot of the onside kicks. I kind of always prided myself on being able to do a lot of things with the ball, uh, and then obviously focusing hard on punting. And um, whether whether it's uh, not focused on it as much. I, I really enjoyed and excelled at punting, and I didn't put the focus that I should have at, at, at field goals as well. And you see Austin, the kid for the Sooners now, is doing an awesome job of doing both of them, uh, and which is hats off to him. And that's just incredibly impressive. But definitely missed putting the, the points on the board, kicking field goals. But it looks like the, the good Lord had a good play with me punting the football. So. All right, so my guest is Tress Way with the Washington Redskins uh, now into his fifth season as the uh, punter there. And we're going back to college days here, and I had to ask uh, Tress about this because I think there actually is a video on YouTube that people can can see in regards to this proposal. But what I loved about it, Tress, is how you incorporated your faith and hers into what would be a proposal later on in the night. You've got to tell the story. Yeah, so uh, it, you know it's really funny, and and I and I'm so it's been so cool to see how many people really love it, and you know it's gotten all these views on YouTube and things like that over the years. But uh, Bree had just kind of told me she never put any pressure or anything. We we really, I mean, we we did like kind of the the funny stuff where we didn't want to freak each other out, but we would kind of like do backwards comments of, hey, uh, you know, you're kind of like the exact kind of person that I'd want to spend the rest of my life with, but didn't like want to scare each other off. So we never said, hey, uh, this is going to go down. Like, well, this is going to be forever here. And so she had just mentioned in passing that two things, uh, whenever she did uh, get proposed to, she really wanted to make sure that her nails were done. Uh, she was a two-sport <laughs> athlete, so her nails weren't done that often. Uh, and then the second was she always wanted it um, recorded, like videotaped, so that uh, she could go back and watch it for the rest of her life. So 
reached out to Vince Carter, uh, All-American offensive lineman from the Sooners, who worked with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the time, and um, everybody else really made it so special. I kind of, you know, I was kind of like the writer and drew up the blueprints of how I wanted everything to look, and it was the, the four groups of people that were closest to us in our lives with uh, our chaplain of the football team, their chaplain of the softball team, and her parents and my parents, and they all met at four. My two best friends took them through, uh, took Bree through these four very important uh, points in our relationship, where we first met, where we first kissed, where we first danced, you know, all those things. And uh, I asked uh, the groups of people uh, at each spot, uh, my parents, her parents, and the two chaplains and their families, if they would just pray for them or pray for Bree and pray for us, and, and she said about halfway through, she really started to be like, oh, man, something's going down. And so then uh, she met up with me where we had our first ever conversation for an FCA um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes leadership meeting, uh, and thank God she said yes. I'm still, <laughs> still thank God every morning that she said yes. And so uh, it was really, really, I mean, she was right. Having it videotaped is awesome to get to go back and watch it. it it's pretty cool to see talking with Tress Way here on Suit Up. You were raised in a Christian home, but because you and your brother Cole were involved in athletics, played a lot of different sports, you really depended on FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, to help build your faith through those informative years, junior high and high school. Talk about what FCA uh, meant to you and what it did for you in setting, uh, helping set that foundation that your parents had done before? Yeah, you know, uh, that, that's such a great question, Kev. The, um, wh- the reason that my wife and I have such a heart for FCA, one, obviously we met there uh, and, and we fell in love, and so that, that's near and dear to our hearts. But going back to Cole and I growing up, man, we were traveling every weekend. And, you know, those, just going back and thinking about those days of mom and dad driving us around and the the minivan with the the TV loaded up in there and coolers for us to stay hydrated and all of our uniforms hanging up on on the little hangers and stuff and uh, but when we got when we got back to school throughout the week uh, you know at at Union High School and in Union Schools it was Doc Blevins doing our FCA meetings and Coach Fred was there uh, Coach Bill Blankenship was was always there. Uh, and I, I saw my best friends there. My best friends invited me, and, and instead of, uh, you know, these weekends where uh, we would be out traveling and we weren't able to go to church as a family on Sunday, Mom and Dad would drop us off early at school uh, for our FCA meetings, and I, I got to learn how I wanted to live my life. I I, I prayed to receive Christ as, uh, as a 12-year-old, but, you know, just the reason I have such a big heart for FCA was I was a kid that I, would, I really didn't... It, as, as bad as this may sound or seem, it's, it's not that, but we didn't really have time to go to church. We were in St. Louis, and we're, you know, you want to be playing on Sundays. That's Championship Sunday. And so when we're driving home or we're, uh, you know, flying all across the country, it was being a part of FCA and it being a, a routine in my life. It's still something that my wife and I well, were a part of out here in, in D.C. now. And so uh, I've just got such a heart for it because of how it changed my life and, and how I learned about God's love and God's grace through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You mentioned Doc Blevins, and there are so many kids that have gone through not only Union, but even before that in Owasso that that uh, Doc inspired and, and was a mentor for. Was there anyone else growing up, maybe even through college, that was a mentor for you when it came to your faith? 
Yeah, you know, uh, the, the, the reason that I, I say yes to speak everywhere at FCA, and it's so funny because there's no shot that, that he would remember, remember this, but phenomenal football and baseball player at uh, Union High School when I was a kid uh, was Zach Snyder. And Cole played with his little brother, Luke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember going to FCA just strictly to hear Zach Snyder talk. I was just in awe that, that he got to go or that he was going to come speak. And I got his autograph on a napkin. And still for a long time, I'm sure my mom, she's great about keeping all that stuff. It, it may still be at, in my closet back home at my folks' house in Tulsa. Uh, but uh, I, I wanted to be... I wanted to be that image. Like, just, just, I don't know how long I'm going to get to play in the NFL. I had the, the time of my life playing for the Sooners. But I, I love getting to go speak anywhere I can because I remember I went to FCA strictly because Zack Snyder was going to come speak. And then FCA became a huge part of my life. And if I can just be the one reason that a kid or a boy or a girl or somebody, a parent, whoever it is that they see, oh, an NFL player is coming to speak, or, you know, a former Sooner is going to come share, and, and God plants a seed, and then it grows from there. Uh, that is, I mean, that to me, that is what it's all about, and that's why I say yes every single time. And then uh, the, the Oklahoma FCA staff, everybody that has, has passed through there has just been so great to me and, and to my wife, and so that is, we still keep in close touch with them, and every time we're home, we're always going to lunches and catching up with them and getting to hear about uh, what's going on in, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City area FCA. We're talking with Tress Way. He is the uh, punter, and uh, he is the all-time leading punter in uh, average per kick for the Washington Redskins in his fifth year now in uh, D.C. But it didn't start with Washington. Tress, your career uh, started with the Chicago Bears, and it was a little bit of a rocky time for you. Talk about that year uh, in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely, Kev. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, you look back, it, it's, not, it's not until you've gone through the crap and until you've gone through the tough stuff that you look back and you really see what God was doing all along. And so uh, when, I, when I went to Chicago out of, uh, out of, high, or excuse me, out of college, I, I was what, you, uh, what the NFL special teams world calls a camp leg, which is you have a veteran punter or a veteran kicker that is going to get the job, but they're maybe getting a little bit older and they're a little further along in their career and they just don't really want to take all the reps. So you bring in a young cat and you just never know what you're going to get with a young guy. You typically bring in a guy with a big leg who's really raw, which is exactly what I was. I was incredibly inconsistent. I I would hit a ball 60 yards with over five-second hang time, which is a great punt, and then I would have a 3-5 shank off the side of my foot. (laughs) I mean, it was flip a coin. You never knew what you were going to get. And so when I went to Chicago – uh, struck up a friendship, and it, it, it's really turned into an incredibly close friendship, which is hysterical for me to think because he has been my fantasy kicker uh, every year that I've been uh, doing fantasy football with my buddies from back in Union High School, and it's Robbie Gold. He was a longtime kicker for Chicago and now in San Fran. And he, like Kev, he took me and just just started giving me these, like my dad and I joke around, we call them golden nuggets, just a little play on of his last name, but he would – he would just plant these things in me, and he would, he would just kind of show me the ropes, and he, he said, dude, you're there. He goes, you've got the mindset, you've got the talent, it just has to click. And, uh, and obviously in 2013, I did not make the team with the Bears, uh, and so I came home. I was going to wait and see after I would got cut if I was going to get any calls, and I didn't really get any calls. 
Uh, and a lot of people don't know this, Kev. Uh, I actually got offered a medical sales position in Oklahoma City, and I was engaged to the girl of my dreams to marry Brianna. And uh, I took the job. I uh, I took the job, and I was uh, actually getting ready to um, getting ready to text my agent and uh, and tell my agent that I, I was done. You know, thank you so much for believing me. Thanks for giving me a shot, but. You know what? I'm done. And uh, I went and spoke. Uh, uh, Kent Bowles, the FCA sponsor for Oklahoma at the time, took me to speak at Norman High, carried a bunch of pizzas in, spoke to these kids. I got in his truck, and he looked at me, and he said, Dude, I just wish you could hear yourself talk sometimes. And he goes, Think back of the message that you just preached on to the kids. And, Kev, I wish so bad that I could remember exactly what I spoke on. But I was sitting in the front seat, and I looked at, I looked at Kent, and he goes, Dude, I don't think you're done. And I was like, man, I don't think so either. And I went home and I told Bree, or I, I met up with Bree, and I, I told Bree, and I was telling my parents. And um, Bree goes, you know, I I want this for you. Like you, you, you're so competitive, and you're like you're you're so good. Just keep working. Just give it a shot. Like we're not getting married for you know another seven eight months. Like you can like really give it a go. And so uh, believe it or not, the genius that I am, I, I went back to Chicago. They signed me back. And uh, <laughs> so I went in there and I came out and just things were different. It, it had it had clicked a little bit of what Robbie was talking about. And uh, they drafted uh, Pat O'Donnell in the sixth round that year. And usually whenever you draft a punter or kicker, that's just the guy you're going to go with. That's, that's usually the, the top guys coming out of college. And, uh, and Kev, I'll never forget what Rob, Robbie told me. He, uh, he had said, um, hey, man, every single day you have just got to beat the brakes off of them. It, it can't even be close. And, uh, and man, I, at the risk of sounding kind of like a jerk, I did. I, I just was, I was booming the ball. He was kind of struggling to find his way. I'm sure he felt a little bit of pressure. And word got out around the, around the league. And uh, sure enough, I got claimed off of waivers by the, the Washington Redskins. And, uh, and so uh, uh, one of my good friends growing up, Luke Olson, his dad, the church that we went to whenever we were in town, his dad was one of the leaders in the church, and he caught me after one of Cole's games at the University of Tulsa and asked me specifically. He was reading a book called The Circle Maker about praying big, uh, praying for big things and praying all around them, praying circles around them, and he confronted me and said, what team do you want to play for? And, uh, Kev, believe it or not, that was fall of 2013 before I had even signed back with the Bears for the second uh, second time. I told him I wanted to play for the Washington Redskins. And wow. so they, it's pretty crazy to look at this incredible path that now, uh, now in my fifth year with the Skins. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. That's, That's First Peter 1, and that was the scripture, Trust, that when I asked you if there's a scripture that you kind of hang on to, that's the one, and I'm assuming that that may be the scripture that also popped into your head during those times uh, after you were waived by Chicago. Absolutely, man. I, I, you know, I, I got the best parents in the world. I hope that my wife and I are even half of the parents that, that Cole and I had growing up, and um, they always taught Cole and I, Control what you can control. Go go 100 miles an hour at everything that you're doing, and then trust God to take care of the rest. And so that, that scripture in itself is what I believe mom and dad were teaching Cole and I as kids, and now what I'll pass down to, to our kids. And in every area of my life where 
things get tough or things are great, whatever it is, control what you can control, and, and you should have an inexpressible joy if you have a relationship with Christ. Well, things uh, made a turn for the better uh, for Tress Way uh, in 2014. After two days after being uh, placed on waivers by the Bears, he was picked up by the Redskins. He's been there ever since. But things have not always been, you know, sunshine and roses for the ways either. And we're going to come back after the break and we'll talk about a uh, very dark time dress for you and for Brianna that you have since emerged from, but we certainly want to talk about that and uh, what the two of you did. I'm sure that you wore the carpet out, hitting your knees every night, going to the Lord uh, for a period of time. Not that you don't do that still, but boy, when times are uh, their darkest, it seems like that's when we, you know, uh, get those hands together and and, uh, talk to God as much as we can. Let's talk about that when we come back. We're talking with Trey. Way. This is Mitch Wilburn, preaching minister at the Park Church of Christ, proud sponsor of Suit Up. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join us for worship at the Park. We are a Bible-based church that loves the Lord and loves people. We have one service on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and that's followed by classes for everyone from newborn to 100 years of age. The Park sits on a rather large lot near the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike and offers a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., And Wednesday night, we meet at 7 p.m. Our youth have their own building with multiple men and women leading them. And our kids, age 1 to 5th grade, have their own educational wing that even has its own working carousel and ice cream parlor. And I love both. Kevin, the host of this podcast, is in charge of our sports ministry that goes on all year round with basketball, volleyball, softball, great activities. So come see us at the park on the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike, or check us out on the web at parkplaza.org. So we're talking with Tress Way of the Washington Redskins, the uh, first guest of Suit Up, and so happy that Tress agreed to be on the program, and it's been really fun so far getting to talk with Tress about mostly ups uh, in his life leading up to uh, this point, but there was a dark time not too long ago, Tress, that uh, you and your wife Brianna suffered through, and and I will say this, my wife and I, and I know there are a lot of listeners out there who have had a traumatic experience as a couple in regards to a miscarriage. Our first attempt at parenthood ended that way. But it wasn't just once for you guys. And in fact, you thought you were headed to multiples when the Lord blessed you with twins. But talk about those first two attempts at parenthood. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure as a, as a lot of the a lot of the listeners can attest to, it's just the just the excitement, you know, just the just the hope and, and, you know, like seeing my wife's face and, and just just kind of like you're holding your breath, like, all right, here we go, and um, just 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 so heartbreaking. And so the, um, you know, we had had our, our first miscarriage and um, just just holding her and, and seeing her upset, and, of course, I was tore up, and, um, and you know, then the, the second one happened. We actually had another one, and, uh, and that was kind of the moment, like, Kev, you're talking about just being a little bit dark. I, I just, I, I just got so upset. I, you know, like I, I, I mean, I love my wife so much, and uh, and, and my, and I, I, I trusted what God was doing. I just, I just didn't understand the path as to which it was going down, and it was so hard as a as a husband to 
to hold my wife's hand and hold my wife close as, as you know, she was crying and, and I was crying. And, and I, I would always kind of know what to say. And I would always, I would always kind of know what to do and to make everything feel better. And then, um, and then we found out that we were pregnant a third time. Uh, and, you know, a, a moment had happened where uh, it looked like it was a third miscarriage. And, uh, and Kev, I, I, ran out of, I ran out of things to say. I ran out of things to do. Uh, Bree came out and, and told me what she thought was happening, and I, I just grabbed her hand. I remember she told me in the kitchen, and I grabbed her hand. She probably didn't know what I was doing, and we walked into the bedroom. Um, we shut the bedroom door. Um, I looked at her. I said, I have, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to do. Um, I pray for our family every single morning, but we're going to sit here and we're just going to pray right now. And I said, I'm going to pray for us. I'm just going to hold you close. And I cried my eyes out. I probably cried for two or three minutes before I even got a word out. Uh, and I think back to that moment, Kev. I, I think I, I don't know if there's anything else in life that would have brought me to that moment where I, I have a relationship with Christ. He's the center of my life. I know that when I go to him, that's when I'm the best man I can be, the best husband I can be, and the best father I can be. And apart from him, I fall short. And I know that we all fall short, but I, I, that's why his grace is sufficient. It, it literally never runs out of grace, and our only struggle should be trying to wrap our head around that grace and that love. And I don't think, I know in my heart, that I would have never hit that moment and that depth and that intimacy in my relationship with Christ had I not had that moment. If I had had another thing to say, if I had had another thing to do, if I had another way personally that could have gotten out of that situation, then there would have been no need to drop to my knees and just weep next to my wife and uh, and cry out to God. And I looked at Bree and I said, you know, I said, I know it sounds crazy and I know this makes no sense, but... I said, I just think, I just think it's different this time. I think, I think, I think it's just digging in. I, I, I really got a different feeling, and we're both crying. And we get a phone call from the doctor, you know, a couple weeks later, and says, Hey, not only Brianna are you pregnant, but you are very pregnant. It turns out <laughs> it's going to be twins. And so, uh, those, those two, uh, they were, they, they're screaming bloody murder every night for us trying to put them to bed. But I tell you what, I, I wouldn't change it any other day. It is, it is the best time. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you sharing that story. Those stories are not easy to recall, and uh, certainly that's a very personal story that you that you just let us all in on, and I certainly appreciate that. And I appreciate the way that what you did there too, Tress, when you talk about you know, immediately going to prayer. And I know that it, those things, it's so difficult to understand why those things are happening. And especially probably when you look at your life and, you know, you're the successful NFL player and, and your marriage is going so well that, you know, why would God allow something like that to happen in your life? And I know that that was a growing experience for you and Brianna, I'm sure, in your marriage. It brought you closer together. And obviously it brought you closer to God, you know, and, and you wish sometimes that you'd 
wouldn't have to go through those kinds of lessons. But boy, if you come out of it the way that God hopes you do, and it looks like you did, and that's a, it's a terrific story. And I really Thank appreciate you. you sharing that. I want to get back to some NFL talk here before we close out the uh, show, because I've been in NFL locker rooms, but I've been in there as a reporter. And there have been, <laughs> there have been some things that have been eye-opening to me and, and, and ear-opening <laughs> as well. And I always wonder, you know, how a Christian you know, is able to survive in that kind of environment. So I want to ask you about that. And I also want to ask you, too, doesn't seem to be as big an issue this year, obviously, as it has been in past years, but I wondered how a Christian player in the NFL uh, tackled the issue of the national anthem as well and what to do. And you've lived your life over the last, you know, better part of six years in an NFL locker room. And uh, I know that's a tough place maybe sometimes to maintain, you know, Christianity. And maybe I'm overthinking it. Tell me tell me your thoughts of that statement. Yeah, you know, Kev, uh, honestly, bud, it, it, it's tough because of everything that, that, you know, you typically see, whether it's all over social media or on the TV and, and things like that. Um it's always it's always a few few of the guys or you know a few of the stories that always make it really big and you know the the coolest thing is uh, right after I'd made uh, made the team with the Redskins uh, you know a few weeks into the season of my rookie year uh, mom and dad came out for a game we were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars and I invited a couple of my buddies out from the team that I just become pretty good friends with uh, pretty quick uh, you know Colt McCoy and our long snapper and place kicker and some of these guys we. Uh, they came to dinner with my mom and dad, and we were driving back to the hotel, and my dad was just cracking up. He goes, these guys, you know, like, I've watched, you know, you watch these guys on Sunday, and, God, they're just, they're just guys hanging out. Like, this is, just, this is just guys that can play ball at an extremely high level, and then other than that, it's just, just a couple goofy dudes that want to sit and hang out and have a good time. <laughs> and, uh, and so in, inside the locker room, it's just, there's so many more awesome guys than, than you may think. And uh, we have such a great group of Christian guys in the locker room. Uh, and even if guys aren't Christian guys, everybody respects it. I mean, you're your teammates. You're pulling for one another. And uh, it's not that anybody's dragging each other down. And, and guys, guys in the locker room, some of my good buddies on the team that I talk to every day, Man, they live life very differently than I do, but I still love them, and they love me. And uh, and a lot of the guys, when it really gets real, is when you know they come up to you at the lunch table or breakfast table, and they start asking you a couple questions and what life looks like inside of your home, and you know what your life looks like with your relationship with Christ. And that is that's that's the best conversations when those take place, when those guys are in those moments of their lives, and often it's whenever they're trying or whenever they're about to have their kids. They just know what they want their home to look like, and I think it's just a true testament to how powerful God is that these guys can have everything in the world in terms of worldly views and how you view them from the outside, but but inside that that peace just does not exist without Christ, and so that that that's really the inside of the locker room since I've been in the NFL. I got to ask you about the national anthem issue that really you know, permeated over the last couple of years. And I'm thankful that really it seems to have died down uh, for this season, uh, at least not as much talk about it. When that was going on over the last couple of years, I don't know if if Christianity, you know, what it 
plays into a decision on what you do, but uh, walk us through that process, Tress, of not only what you did and your thought process, but maybe even uh, the whole organization of uh, the Washington Redskins. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the things, uh, Kev, what it came down to, at least whenever we had our team meeting and we were talking about it, was, um, you know, for, for some of these protests that were, that were taking place, you know, what is the end game? How, how, do, we, how do we make it go past, um, you know, guys that are just taking the knee? How, how can guys do things? How can we do things to, you know, make a difference in the community or the difference that these guys are, are wanting to see? But, um, you know, as for me, uh, every, every day I Every day, whenever I'm out there warming up, Kev, this sounds so cheesy, but but every day when I'm warming up, every Sunday, once in a while, usually more times than not, which I'm very thankful for, a ball will just take off off my foot, out by the sideline, good hang time, bomb directional punt, and I just stop right there. I'm just like, thank you, God. This is this is so cool. Just such a <laughs> random gift of juice that you put into the left leg, and I'm just having so much fun. I just stop and thank god for the opportunity and just always try and have fun always have a great attitude is what my mom taught me then we go over to the sideline dude and they say please rise and remove your caps uh in honor of our nation's colors and it is a rule by the nfl it is a rule for players teams coaches uh to rise and remove your caps um uh, in honor of our nation's colors and so uh i can't i've never had a conversation with uh with any guys that have taken the knee nobody on our team uh, that I remember uh, specifically, I, I don't remember if anybody took a knee during the regular season. Uh, but uh, once we all kind of, you know, started talking about it and, and things moved along, it just it just kind of sort of fizzled out a little bit. Uh, but if guys are making a difference uh, of what they wanted to accomplish, then uh, I, that's really what it was all about. Was when we had our team meeting, was what was the end game of this? Well, you know, how do we get it past just making the headlines and things like that? And so. Uh, hopefully that that's what that has turned into. It was too bad that it, it took away from the game uh, for so long, but uh, that that's how we we did it in our locker room. Was it's a rule? It's by the NFL, and and we're going to do what we're supposed to do. So Tress, what are you twenty eight now? I am twenty eight, man. Good call. You know, some of the record holders have been kicking in the NFL into their forties. Have you have you looked down the road that far and wondered just how long uh, will this leg, you know, uh, hold up? <laughs> you know, man, I, I work hard. I work really hard in the weight room so that on the field the leg doesn't have to work that hard. So hopefully the the good Lord that blessed me with the juice in this left leg will keep it going. But you know, Kev, my ultimate goal is I just want to be in the locker room when I've got gray in my goatee. That's whenever I feel like I've really made it. If, I, if, the, if, the, if, my, if the younger teammates start calling me uncle, then that's whenever you really made it because all the old dudes in the locker room, we all call them Uncle Kid or <laughs> Uncle B. Hall, whatever it is. Like, so if I can be called uncle and I got some gray in my goatee, then, dude, I'll tell you what, I think I'm all right. <laughs> Tress, man, I always enjoy talking to you. You're, you're wonderful. You're a, a, a great interview, and I appreciate you digging deep today and, and uh, giving us some insight into uh, not only yourself, but also uh, your marriage as well and some of the things that have happened to you and Brianna over the years. And I wish you nothing but the best uh, for the rest of this uh, NFL season. Can't wait to see number five trotting out onto the field uh, on Sunday. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate it, man. That is Tress Way, current punter for the Washington Redskins. My thanks to Tress Way for taking the time to be a part of this ministry and opening his heart to me and to you. My prayer is that Tress will continue to be successful for many years in the NFL 
and that he and his family will be blessed. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Suit Up.